Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's he listening to? Same song over and over. Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. Uh, uh. We got Bow Wow in the house. My man Lil Zane. Uh, Lil Wayne. Sammy Saint took me. Strike two. Caught you by surprise. Strike two. Right before your eyes. Bitch uh, three. This one's to the wall. Uh, Ain't uh, no fun like uh, a game of What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of your favorite college baseball podcast, Believe in College Baseball. We are your hosts, Alan Stiles and Orlando Razzo. And if you're listening to, listening to us, you're probably listening on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, or Luminary. And if you didn't know, you can listen on all of those platforms. While you're there, download this episode and all the other great episodes that we have, and be sure to rate us. If you like us, give us five stars. If you don't like us, don't give us five stars, but at least let us know why. We have a great show for you today, Orlando. It is what we've been teasing, you know, the MLB draft. You know, guys, we're staying up, guys and gals, we're staying up late tonight. We're recording late night. We're fresh off listening, watching the draft, because we need to get you our breakdowns, Orlando. I know you're excited for everything, so I really know you're excited for this one. Yeah, this is the first time in what felt like – I mean, we've had little stuff to talk about, but this is the first time in forever that we have something, like, big to break down. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. pretty much since the season where everything just shut down and we had to make up UFC cards and – Right, finagle some the, type of content somehow, some way. That was a great episode, though. Listen to it. <laughs> Listen back. Uh, but now that we have something to talk about, I mean, I got some takes. That it was the five rounds was admittedly weird, but I thought it was really well done to start off. Right. I yeah. thought I thought the tel the televi like the way MLB Network did it, the way ESPN did it. I thought they did a great job. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah I can't remember if. Um, I was just trying to remember if the past drafts have been on ESPN or only MLB Network. I want to say MLB Network. Um, but yeah, I think it created a sense of urgency. Uh, they made it seem like it felt very, you would, the basically listening to the analysts did a great job, you know, had some of them I had never seen before because that's just how it is with amateur college baseball but they made it seem like these listening to them you would think that there were no minor leagues like these guys were going to come in immediately and I thought that was great I thought that was great for the listener the listeners and watchers even if that's not the case obviously there are the minor leagues but I thought they did a good job in you know at least making it feel very similar to the NFL drafts and the NBA drafts of the world Right. The one thing that they did not have, which I actually liked, was the fact that they didn't list every tragedy that had yeah, happened to I mean, the player. I mean, it wasn't the NFL draft. So that was that was big time. The NFL draft, it was, you know, this guy lost a finger. This guy lost a family member. It was like, no, this guy's got tools. He's got upside. Yeah, exactly. there, was a lot, there was a lot of baseball talk and a lot less tragedy. And don't get me wrong. I know why they do that to, like, all the adversity they've been through. But at the same time, you know, I, I forgot who it was. They said his mom was on drugs. And then someone said, hey, you don't need to put these people on blast. Then the player responded and said, I don't think they're putting me on blast. You know, I'm proud of my mom and where she's come from. There's that whole dynamic, you know, and, and the player is going to cape up. He's excited. This league just drafted him. So he's going to defend them until they won't, you know, fulfill his second contract or something. Thing. But at the end of the day, it's a little, it was a little unnecessary. And I'm glad, um, you know, 
Major League Baseball. We had an episode last last week. It did it did pretty well, you know, and we spoke about some things that have nothing to do with college baseball, which is what's going on uh, in the nation right now and in the world. And, you know, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, started the show saying Black Lives Matter, this, that, and the third. And he set the tone for that. And I thought that was really cool. Now, once NASCAR gets rid of the Confederate flag, the chips are going to have to fall where they may. So I understand that. But still, you have to go out and in a sport like Major League Baseball, where there haven't been as many, there's not a lot of African-Americans in the sport, things like that. It was good for him to come out. He set the tone and we just got off and running. And I would love to see the numbers to see if it did any better than the other drafts. Cause I would assume it would just cause there's not much else on, but I, I would say a plus for the, for the MLB draft. Yeah, they, they pretty much made chicken salad out of chicken shit. Right. Yes. I mean, five rounds. You got to make way. I mean, everyone hates the fact that it's five rounds, even though, you know, because there's so many players, guys aren't getting there. I guess what we saw a lot of too, and, and I guess we can just jump right into it was number one, I would give it an A plus as well because they, they made the most out of it. And I thought they, they did a great job. Like you said, of, creating that sense of urgency. I didn't even think about that. The presenting the idea, you know, that this player is pretty damn close to the big leagues. So right. I thought they did a phenomenal job of presenting that idea. I didn't really think about it, but yeah, you're, you're a hundred percent right. But what we saw in this draft, especially early on, and, and we're going to get right into these top five picks is teams are just identifying who they loved and they were just going and getting them. And I know that it's like that. It's always like that. You know, it's like that in any sport where, you know, the Celtics a few years, years ago wanted Tatum and, and that's why they traded Fultz away. And, and you see uh, the Raiders drafting rugs, like that was their guy. All the, I mean, the Marlins drafting Max Meyer as the first pitcher to go off the board. Like that is a, that's a move that says we fell in love with this guy. We don't give a shit who, is talking, you know, we're, this is our guy. We're taking him at this, and we don't care what position we're taking him at. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, majority of the picks seem to be, at least in the earlier rounds, college players, which is a good look for us and what we do here at Believe in College Baseball. And it was, it, it was just exciting stuff, man. You know, you look at who went number one, your guy, Spencer Torkelson, um, and for me, you know, I never admitted this on the podcast, but I hadn't seen the swing that much. And I saw someone describe it pretty darn well. Basically, they said he kind of sits in there like a Chris Bryant. But when you see the swing, it's got a lot of Mike Trout in it. And that's the thing everybody's going to say when you see someone with pop. But that's no joke. That's no joke, you know. And to see you know, um, that's how the draft started. That really, again, set the tone for the rest of the night. Uh, they, they called him a third baseman. I don't think, I don't even yeah. know if he played third at Arizona state. I guess they said it gives him more value. So I guess he's going to learn to play third. I never really understood that to me. I mean, I played the outfield, but third seems a lot different than first base to me. Like they don't seem fit that interchangeable to me. Uh, honestly, if as long as he's in the lineup, like, what does it matter? If, he, if as long as his bat is where it's at, right. what what really does it fucking matter where he's playing on the field? As long as he's not hurting you on the field. Yeah, but where, that's my whole thing. Like, it, there, it's interchangeable when it comes to a third baseman going to first, right? right? But the other way around, I mean, I don't know. Like, third base isn't like left field. You know, yeah, no, there's so a lot more. That, that was interesting, but they were they got all, all the positions, and we could probably do a whole episode on why they said certain things because the analysts would say, Oh, they get the shortstop, and then uh, Rob Manfred would say the second baseman, and a da 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 da. So, it we could look at it and say, 
oh, it was just, you know, it's written differently. I feel like there's like a reason. I do feel like there's a reason when it comes to maybe we'll have to trade this guy, but he can, he can play two positions. Like when it comes right. to value, um, it was definitely interesting. Well, that's just the direction that baseball's going to. It's just the, I mean, I've said this before on the podcast that the Dodgers were the kind of the first team to do the positionless baseball where guys, right. you know, Kike Hernandez is playing all over the field. He's playing every position except catcher and pitcher. Um, so, I, I, right. Yeah. Bellinger's playing all over the field. He's gold glove first baseman and he's a really damn good outfielder. Right. So I think, I mean, that's, that's the direction that baseball is moving towards is versatility. You know, that's what, what adds the most value, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really pay too much attention to it because we don't know what the hell position Torkelson is going to be. I will say that I was surprised that he was the number one pick. Like I, to me, I, I said this in the pre-show, I don't know how three teams passed on Lacey. Like he's six, four, he's 215 pounds and he's going to be 235 pounds by the time he's 28. Right. I don't know how, like, you have Casey Mize last year, and then you have an opportunity to get another horse at the top of the rotation for years to come with a one-two punch. A good, a great pitcher in Mize and a great hitter in Torkelson, like, as yeah, having one stopper is good, but having two stoppers is better than having one of those two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but if they thought that, you know, and clearly they thought that Torkelson – is that much of a game changer? I, again, I know you said it's not a big deal. They spent the whole start of the show saying it's crazy that a first baseman will be taken first overall. And then for some reason, they call him a third baseman. That's on purpose. That's on purpose. I think that's just the old school guys that are just like, they're not aware of what baseball is going right now. So like, they're not aware. It's like, Oh, this guy's a first baseman. Well, yeah, he can probably play a little outfield. If you throw him out there, like throw him out there, he could probably play a little third base. Like he's not just a first baseman. That's not the way the game is played. Now there's very few guys that just play one position and it's like, all right. I mean, Miguel Cabrera, when he's not DH in place first, Right. But like, there's very few guys. So it's not, I just don't think the old guys get it yet that, that, that no one's playing a, a set position anymore. Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, let's get in. There were plenty of highlights that I took from the draft. Uh, right. Let's start with some of yours. So round one, we'll start with that. I've already said, you know, a couple, a couple of surprises, uh, Heston Kerstad, he was right outside my top five. I had that. I had that as a surprise as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, but like we said, you know, the Orioles, they like that profile too. those big college hitters. Um, they drafted a couple Stanford guys right. uh, last year. And th those two, the two guys they drafted are big dudes and Heston is better than both of them. So he fits their he's profile. Not, he's not huge though. Right, is like, like, I think he's like six three. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a big. He's a big kid. Okay. Powered all fields is kind of a wonky load, but he moves I mean, well though. Yeah. Because when I saw him run, I probably missed his measurables. But seeing him run and seeing him hit, I guess six three isn't six six or six five, but it looked like a six foot, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you? Did you like the Mariners pick of Emerson Hancock? I did. That guy throws cheddar. So, oh, I hated oh. it because of Brian. They already have Brian Paul. So, yeah. what are they doing drafting Emerson Hancock? That's, hey, you know, that's your call. You know, uh, what I was going to say is the one thing that I will say to compare the MLB draft to the NBA draft and most – more recently, the NFL draft. Look, man, you don't have to copy everything that another league does, right? So when you watch the NFL draft, it says team needs, but it's very clear for the NFL because there is no minor league system. So, and the positions are literally, uh, you know, the quarter, Tom Brady left. So the Patriots probably need a quarterback. 
Someone needs a running back. Someone needs a wide receiver. It's very clear cut, right? So it's team needs. That's what I'm getting at. The MLB draft tried to do team needs, and it was atrocious. You, everything they said, oh, um, the Detroit Tigers are up next. What do they need? A power bat and high velocity. What team doesn't need that? What you team doesn't need, need everything. any? It need was everything. the dumbest thing ever. One was like uh, MLB ready pitcher. It, it was ridiculous. So that's the one thing I, I'll probably lower it from an A plus. I was going to say, is, get is rid of the team needs. Get a rid minus? of the team needs. It's, it's the dumbest thing ever because every team needs all of that. Oh, a pitcher that can spot up and a hitter that can hit for average. Really? Yeah. Team needs good players. Team needs guys that are going to eventually make it to the MLB and go to the all-star game. Okay. Team needs all-stars. Figure it out. That's the one thing. Get rid of that next year. Thank you. Uh, That was beautiful. What did you, did you ever see any highlights of Mick Abel? No, I did not. Uh, That guy is a freak of nature. He was throwing, first of all, he's throwing like 93 when he was seven. He, I mean, I was watching videos of him last night. That dude has some, like, he's one of those driveline kids. I think I honestly am basing that just from him being from the Northwest. Right. But I, be, I believe most, just pretty much 95% of Northwest pitchers are probably driveline guys. But, man, he throws fucking hard. And it's, right. it's a high spin rate. Um, I've talked to a few of my soldiers on the inside and they said that, uh, that some riders, some, some of my riders. Yeah. They were saying, uh, <laughs> they were saying that Mick Abel was, he was their favorite high school guy in the draft. Um, so, I mean, he's, yeah, he's a freak. He's also like ridiculously strong as a high schooler. Um, my favorite pick towards the end was Austin Wells. My, Mm. Golden Spikes prediction with the Yankees. Yankees are really good at developing talent. They always have mm. a really good system. So I think he's going to thrive in that, um, you know, in that minor league system with their player development, their techn- use of technology. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be a fast track bat to the big leagues. Mm. I don't know if he's going to catch because they do have a catcher. Right. Um, but I, I think his bat is, is pretty close to, they, to they, they do, upper levels to big league. They do have a catcher that doesn't like to catch. That is true. That is true. So maybe this guy does. He did say he likes to catch. So there you go. He's already warmed. Um, yeah. I was going to say for me, first round, obviously the story was Ed Howard, who uh, out of Chicago, who went to the Cubs. Those of you who don't know the backstory, it, it made its way to Sports Center and, you know, Bleacher Report. But he played on the Little League team. And it was funny how ESPN had to word it since they got stripped. He played on the Little League team in Chicago that reached the World Series. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, they won the World Series but got stripped because a couple kids played uh, on the team that technically, based on where they lived, should not have played on the team. So they stripped it. Ed Howard was on that team, which not only makes me feel extremely old. Dude, that um, seemed like that was so, like, that seemed like that I was, know. like, three years ago. I know. And, what's, and, and again, when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to what the analyst did and the idea of what's going on in the MLB draft, I saw a bunch of photos because Tim Anderson, as I've said multiple times, one of my favorite players right now, Uh, is on the south side on the Chicago White Sox. Now, I know I'm fairly sure he went out of junior college or he might have done one year at a a D1 after junior college. So he isn't young, young. They already had, you know, graphics of Ed Howard with Tim Anderson, you know, in two Chicago uniforms. It's like Ed Howard was going to be on the Cubs tomorrow. And the Cubs have Javier Baez. You know what I mean? So they did a good job of telling the story. Now, us on the inside, we know, okay, either – this the, the likeness of this happening 
is probably slim, but I appreciate it because Tim probably helped him through. You know what I mean? Uh, so I thought that was one of my favorite stories of the draft, especially for the first round. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That was awesome when they took him. And actually, like, first of all, Bob, Bob Nightingale has been a writer forever, but guy's kind of a, I mean, he's just like an old bird, but he was like, way to do the right thing, Cubs. But meanwhile, it's like, dude, this guy is fucking good. Like, yeah, <laughs> if you're not, watching, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. if he you're watching the draft. Style. Yeah, if you're watching the draft, there are multiple analysts that are saying, "Yeah, he has some of the he has some of the best upside in the entire draft." He's already right. 6'2", he's 175. So, right. he's listed at that. So, he's very projectable. If he's taken in the first round, it means he should be there. Like, especially Yeah, the let's not this, let's not turn this into something great. that right. more than Right, Bob. Bob. Yeah. Shut up, Bob. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But let's not you have to be careful. Right. Especially in this climate to say those types of things that you're you're not you don't mean anything negative. And a lot of times when people say things that um, are hurtful and I'm not saying this is hurtful or things of that nature. A lot of times you never mean it. But by saying that you take away the fact that should he have gone that high? And the answer is obviously yes. So no harm, no foul, but just yep. be careful. Just be careful. Shut up, Bob. So yeah, <laughs> that's the first round. Um, I mean, we can get into the compet. The other one, the other quick thing was the, the Red Sox. And that goes back to the point of taking your guy. They don't, didn't have a pick until what round two or three or something mm -hmm. like they didn't have a pick for a long time. So this is a guy that they just love. So it's like, we don't know if he's going to be here by the time we pick again. So let's just take him now. Right. And we don't care, you know, what, what, what the critics say, because we love this guy. So with a five round draft, that's what you have to do a lot more of is, is just finding, like finding the guys that you really love. Yeah. Yeah. And as you know, before we get out of the first round, you know, every anyone who has listened to this podcast knows that, me and Orlando are both from the Bay Area. We're both Giants fans. So me and Orlando were texting yesterday. He basically had to text me off a cliff about Patrick Bailey being the pick for the Giants. Uh, and then we decided, you know, or he explained to me, you know, it's always good to have catchers. And Patrick Bailey is another stud, even if Joey Bart, and it seems like he's going to translate. If they both translate great, you can never have too many catchers. So any Giants fans listening out there, um, don't be too upset with the pick. Yeah, welcome, Pat Bailey. Welcome. All right. Welcome. You're gonna look great in that uh, in that orange and black. Bat flipping into the cove. Bat flipping Beautiful. into the cove. Beautiful. You know a, uh, Speaking of the cove, do you know a right-handed hitter? This isn't really surprising, but it's one of those stats that you just never think of a right-handed hitter has never hit a ball into McCovey. Dude. I think about that all the time. I think about that way more than I should. Like I've always, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the day that happens. I think like, I, I wish trout can't cause I know trout would do it. Maybe Torkelson. I think it's they're in the judge. American league. It's going to be judge, but judge never. Yeah. Judges in the American league. Right. All the power guy. Yeah. No one, no one can hit it out. I don't get it. I, I think about that way too much. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. you got to get a – that's like 400 and – what, 420 probably? Well, the thing is the porch is actually short. But since it's so high, that basically makes up for – because it's only – I think it's like 315 or something. It's, it's yeah, not it's more 309 than like it's straight like, down the line. Straight down, but then you got to get it up. You know, right? Well, dude, I mean, Bonds used to hit it, no joke, just halfway to the other side of Alcatraz the land, of land. <laughs> like it was, it was like in the middle of the ocean. Right, like, you just hit him in the middle of the ocean. Right, uh, uh, and it's funny because you'll see someone, you know, no disrespect, love him, great hair, like a Brandon Crawford. He'll, it'll look like he got a hold of one, and that is not go. It, they don't no. go into the cove. No, you know, no. Um, you know, but we'll have a giant special at some point. Let's continue. Yeah. Uh, quick for the competitive balance before we get into round two, Tanner Burns from Auburn, the pitcher. 
Mm-hmm. He's someone that I watched a couple times during the regular season, and I really liked him. Uh, like I said, he's going to have to realize and, and distinguish whether he wants to be a bottom-of-the-zone sinker guy or be a high spin rate at the top-of-the-zone fastball guy. I think he can do both. It's just a matter of preference, what he's more comfortable with and what the team's more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But I really liked him. I think he's he's got a pretty high floor. Um, so that was for the competitive balance. Right? High ceiling. High floor. Because, like, high floor is – So you're saying weird. he's not going to bust. He's not That's what bust. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've never heard that before. That sounds like high an floor. oxymoron to me. I like that. No, I'm going to keep using it. Did That's you make that one. up? No, I've heard that before. Huh. It's like huh. Marco Gonzalez. I heard he was another high floor guy. It's like these pretty much good college so pitchers. Could, right, but you that, could have a high floor – like a lot of college players probably have a high floor but low ceiling. Yes, exactly. Exactly. This guy probably has a medium ceiling. Like I'm not going to say it's full on mansion like Beverly Hills ceiling. Right. But it's I don't know. Uh if I'm putting it in Bay Area terms, I'm I'm thinking San Carlos. San Carlos nice city. That's nice. That's a yeah. nice city. It's a nice city. It's a it's a contributor in the rotation. East Bay. If you're from the East Bay, Walnut Creek. That sounds like Walnut Creek to me. Walnut Creek. Yep. Exactly. So round two. Mm-hmm. I. By the way, for the Mariners people that listen to this, I was kidding about Emerson Hancock. Great pick. I had him in the top five. If it wasn't for Lacey, he would be my number one guy. So. As soon as he clean, he has to clean a like. There's a slight thing in his delivery that he kind of has to clean up, where he, he's not totally efficient with his body. But right. they have a ridiculous uh, pitcher development program, so he'll be fine. Uh, anyway, for round two, this guy JT uh, Gin, JT Jin, out yes. of Mississippi State that got hurt and got TJ, um, but he supposedly has some of the best stuff in the whole draft mm-hmm. so they were saying that this that was a great pick do you have any thoughts on the second round um yeah nothing crazy it was pretty it was pretty straightforward i Our, would say a couple you got one miami guy one of your right. guys from miami left um i know it sounded like they really expected glenn dingler to go out of ohio state he went first uh, to the Tigers again. I mean, G- Tigers. I mean, they got like a. They said the Jets had the most picks in the draft, but the Tigers, all all position players too. Right, all position guys. Um. So yeah, he he went first, but no real thoughts out of round two. Yeah. No, it was just kind of a whatever. I mean, Jeff Criswell. I I watched him a couple times pitch. He's got really big time, you know, projection and stuff. He's a big kid, uh, throws hard, um, but. Like I, I expected him to go, you know, in the, in this range, but yeah, there wasn't anything that really stood out a ton um, mm-hmm. to me. So we'll move on to the uh, competitive balance round, and there was there's nothing here either. There's the LSU Danny Cabrera. I actually really like him, uh, and I think he is no, he's a junior, but I watched LSU a couple times. He he stood out on their team and. I didn't think LSU was was great, but um, Clayton Beater, he was on the Texas Tech forever, it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. So shout, uh, out, shout out Clayton. Come on the show. Come on the show, Clayton. And the Giants, other two they're just drafting everyone from NC State. Yeah. What, what so what's going on here? They had in their second competitive balance round they drafted the the left-handed pitcher from nc state and i actually saw a tweet from a d1 baseball guy that said that was a great pick he really liked the value there that's just another buzzword that you fucking like throw in there it's like ah great value at great this value pick. it's like what do you mean like was no great one value. gonna pick him yeah it's just great value great right value. yeah so they kept saying sorry uh if you're not a giants fan but I obviously listened uh, very closely for their picks. They kept saying soft front leg, you know, uh, for this guy, Nick. And they they really want to stiffen that leg up, but not if it's at the cost of the changeup. That's what Mm. the analyst Mm. was saying. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll We'll see see if his leg stiffens up. See if it stiffens up. And then they went with the shortstop 
uh, at a Dallas Baptist. He looks like he hits nice dingers. Um, you know, just from the way he looked, he seemed to be someone that would probably turn into a second baseman. But um, yeah, low floor. No, low floor. No, high floor. High floor. High floor. High floor. Low ceiling with that guy. Yes. Yeah, just a good college player. Good exactly. Guy. Yeah, exactly. Someone, someone that's. And before we, and we, and before we continue, and I don't want to get this wrong because I know I was in school a while ago, but I know this year was different with everything that had been happening. I was basically from what I had heard, the idea was that maybe there was more college talent, but maybe more of these guys would be picked this year because of the situation and high schoolers and the money and you might not be able to offer them the same amount of money, things like that. What I'm getting at is, do you, do you think this is going to, I guess, change how uh, people are drafted or, you know, players are drafted in the future? Because I remember a year where I think this kid this was like the rumor, like there was a kid, he might've been on coastal Carolina or something. And he had the highest, he might've been on a bigger school than that. He had the highest batting average in the nation and didn't get drafted. I don't know if he got signed, but did not get drafted. And this was a year with 40 rounds, which sounds literally absurd. Like whenever I think, man, I should have done better at temple. Man, I've gotten drafted. The guy who had the highest batting average in the nation didn't get drafted. Do you think this is a trend that is going to change that? Because let's assume, let's assume that, okay, maybe it'll never, it could never be 40 rounds again. Let's assume it's 20. It seems like these guys with these high floors are starting to get more of a look because they are MLB ready. Now I get it. You still need to have tools and project, but I can't see a guy. I could never see a guy like that not going but especially not now. Yeah, I think a lot of that too is based on team preference as well. Mm. I think more and more teams are maybe starting to realize, you know, it's better to draft college players. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, we're going to get more of these guys to the big leagues by drafting more college players. But it, it's really team specific. Like the Rangers love the high school guys. They just love – taking them when they're 18 years old and molding them into what they want to be. So there's a lot of, and and teams love, some teams love high school pitchers. Um, It, it really, but I do see your point. And I think to answer your question, yeah, more teams are, are realizing kind of like how more teams are just drafting guys that, that throw really hard. Like there was that one guy from Notre Dame and he got drafted in the fifth round. He's walked, everyone but he throws 102 and he's six nine so like that guy is gonna get like those guys are getting drafted and i think they're so they're realizing like that's what gets out velo yeah and so people are realizing like this is what gets to the big leagues as maybe not like obviously you draft the high schoolers that are you know the the elite of the elite in the first round but the guys that you're drafting in rounds most of the guys that you're drafting in rounds like three to 10, whatever the hell the next draft is going to be. Those guys that you're drafting, those are not the superstars. You know, they're the big league contributors. Granted, obviously some of them develop into the super superstars, but you're drafting these big league contributors that are role players that you're hoping they can fit in somewhere and you could plug them in, you know, playing multiple position positions on a team. So I think that that's what the realization has become is that there's, there's a lot more of those guys in college that we can draft and just they'll move up the system quickly and they'll be able to contribute to, to a winning program or to a winning club. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I just had to, uh, had to throw that out there because you know, it's, it's great to see because these guys deserve a shot. Yeah. No, you were, uh, you were ahead of your time. I, you know, I've, I've been hearing that all my life. Yeah. (laughs) Round, uh, (laughs) Round, round three. three, I like round three, okay? Round three, mm-hmm. we got we start off uh, Nick Garcia 
as the 79th overall pick. I knew that kid growing up. I didn't know that that his brother is a year older than me and we played travel ball together. And so his little brother would always come to the games. I had no idea that this was him. And he's a Sarah kid. I mean, classic Sarah, just once again. I mean, what is, and what is, um, what is Chapman University? What division is that? Division three. But I visited there for fun. Wow. Oh, I bet. It's in Orange County. I mean, you could just guess. Yeah, it's. it's oh, I mean, we'll look above it. I mean, uh, ja- is Jacksonville University, is that D1 for Trey yeah. Palm? Okay. Yeah, Jacksonville's D1. But yeah, Chapman, I mean, dude, this guy's numbers were ridiculous. I guess he is a, a first round talent. Obviously, he probably would have been even higher if he didn't go to Chapman. But right. it just shows, dude, like you can develop at any time. Yeah, <laughs> like at any point you can, and then the the pick after that, Cole Wilcox, dude, he's pretty much just as good as Emerson Hancock. Like mm-hmm. that that was their one two punch. He's more of a sinker guy, kind of a weird delivery, but his sinker is disgusting. Like that's why I think Georgia would have been, yeah, really really good. Yeah, I mean for me, I'm looking at round three, and you know all I have to say is Anthony. Servideo out of Ole Miss. You know, he's got the blonde hair. I guess there's like a tradition at Ole Miss that the shortstop has to rock blonde hair or something like that. Love him. Love his swagger. Ole Miss was off to a, you know, a a great start this year. Um, I just thought it was funny, and I wanted to talk to you about this. This is the same reason I talked about Heston Kerstad is because I didn't – from what I saw, I saw a lot of six-footers. I saw a couple six oneers and I saw some five teners. Now I don't think Anthony Servadeo is five ten because as someone who has lied on their media guide forever, I know what that looks like. So it's more. I I get it, Anthony. Do what you got to do. I won't tell a soul, but I don't think you're actually five ten. I don't care. I hope you go all the way. But for us under six footers, we need you to represent. But all I was gonna say to that regard is it seems like at least this year, there weren't a lot of the, the really big boppers, right? Or the, the six, four, six, five, six, six outfielders, first baseman. I didn't see a lot of that at least early in the draft. And I'm wondering if that is because of sure, no one is going to say no to an Aaron judge. But once these guys all got on the bandwagon of changing their launch angle, changing your launch angle, that doesn't necessarily mean that you do it on every pitch. So if you're a smaller guy, and I'm saying smaller as in a six-footer or something like that, that can still hit for average because you can change your swing path when you have two strikes but still, are le- but still have learned or will learn or continue to learn to change your launch angle when you're 2-1, 2-0, 3-1, that is becoming what is hot in the MLB streets and the MLB draft and what where we're headed. We talked about it. You know, South Carolina, they had a down year this year, but they're rolling and they'll throw out five, you know, five guys in the lineup under 5'11", but they're all hitting five to 10 bombs because of that launch angle. And it's, Again, ahead of my time as well. I didn't know about that back in the day, Orlando. It was just if you were under six foot, if you were under six foot, hit the ball on the ground and run, especially if you're left-handed, right? So the I think it is something to be said that we're seeing more of these non they're really athletic, but also not just ridiculously big. I feel like there was a time, maybe around the time that, you know, I was draft eligible, the the Basically, before like twenty, before the twenty fifteens and stuff like that, when it was just you get your big bopper, you get your guy, you know, you get some guys that can just you have one job. Now, when you talk about positionless baseball, that's not only on defense; that's also on offense because you have a guy that can hit three and hit one because these guys can do different things. Yeah, I think athleticism is the biggest key there. Like, 
you look at a guy like Austin Martin that was the, yes, the pick by yes, the Blue Jays. Yes. And it's like that guy, number one, he's 170 pounds right now. So his gappers are going to start to be home runs by the time he, you know, I, I'm going to give him two years. But those doubles and triples that he was hitting in college, those are going to be home runs when he gets to pro ball because he's going to put on a lot more weight. But, yeah, like those are the types of guys that, that teams are looking for now, like versatility, bat control being able to manipulate, you know, the at-bat in that sense of, mm -hmm. you know, what what's my plan now? Am I going to sell out or am I looking, you know, right center here? Granted, if you're Torkelson, you don't ever need it because if you make contact with the ball, it's just going to go really far. There's right. certain guys that can do that. But, yeah, a guy like Austin Martin or, or the Nick Gonzalez, that, with, that just they're athletes with incredible bat control. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before we leave round three, I know you've been shouting out Sarah. So shout out Kyle Harrison out of De La Salle getting drafted to the Giants, the Gigante. So big shout out to uh, De La Salle, my alma mater. Take it all love the it. way, baby. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, we can't, oh wait. Blaze Jordan. Another one. Blaze Jordan. Blaze Jordan. Blaze Jordan. So I think it's a little ridiculous. So I listened to why he dropped. And the idea that and he's another one i think he's a six tour but he's 17 right like you can still keep growing um the idea that people are saying the reason he dropped is because he was hot in the streets in when he was 14. so people started the bryce harper comparisons he basically did not continue to progress the way they thought he would which was at a extreme rate and you know one of the analysts said just because you're the best 14 year old doesn't mean you're going to be the best 17 year old and i think it's a little bit unfair to blaze and of course he falls to the red sox who is another team who knows how to develop talent um i think the real what what a more realistic reason he dropped is because where are you going to put you know he looks like he's going to be a first baseman left fielder. And those guys are all, those guys have the least amount of value unless you hit 50 bombs and they don't know if he'll do that yet. But, you know, I thought it was a little ridiculous to say, you know, he's not, you know, he's not continuing on this path. Like maybe he was just really good at 14. You know, that doesn't mean he's only 17. He can continue to, to get better. Right. Right. No, I, I think, and I didn't, there's a lot of those guys. Like there was a dude that I played with when I was 12. He was like, he was Babe Ruth when yeah. I was 12. He could plateau. Don't and get it's me like, wrong. He could. Yeah. But he's still 6'2", 220. And I actually haven't seen him play in a, a full game. Me neither. So there's not like a whole lot that I can say about him other than the fact like you, he shouldn't be draft if like if, if you think that he's not going to progress, he shouldn't be. You shouldn't draft based on how he was at 14. Like you should draft how he is now. And if he grant, if he has earned a third round grade now, then I don't have any problem with it. But if you're like base constantly basing stuff, ah, he was good. It's like the Andrew Wiggins thing where you're just like, hey, yeah, he he was really good in high school. Like he was really good then. If he could tap into that potential now, it's like, well, he's fucking like twenty eight now. So yeah, we're it's not almost there. like we're not there with him yet. I yeah. think the idea is that okay, at fourteen, there were probably scouts saying there's no way he doesn't go in the first round, and here we are, he's draft eligible. He didn't go in the first round. So yeah. should that necessarily be a knock? No, no, I don't think so. I never played. USA baseball and all this stuff like some of these kids might be a little burnt out and I get it it's going to be your job but we never know what's going to happen when they get into that farm system right right absolutely one okay, last can, yeah. yeah one last one was Jordan Wogu from uh, Michigan oh Michigan that's actually right. had a lot of guys drafted uh in the for in these in this draft so I, I was kind of I wasn't not surprised because scouts I'm sure love the Michigan kids Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, shout out, uh, shout out coach Backage. shout out Jordan Wogu. He's going to be really good. Hold on. Jesse Franklin, the fifth, we're still making fifths. Dude, that's sick. I, I want to dude. that's so cool. <laughs> a, a, a fifth, like how long ago was the first? 
how that's so a that's while, five man. generation is that revolutionary war that's not that was a dumb question huh five yeah, generations yeah. think of that so think of, <laughs> i'm thinking like think 70 times five right what's 70 times five dude 75 so, times is 350 so 350 years ago that was fuck what was time. That was a long time ago. I think that might have been Revolution. So, shout out him. His uh, oh, well, hopefully he was on the, the the U.S. side, not the British side. Yeah. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> round, round four, we're getting weird now. Uh, yeah. Christian Chamberlain in round four. I really like him out of Oregon State. He's a lefty. I think he's. Like you said, I, definitely not what he lists himself at 5'11". That's a tough threshold, by the way, because the moment you list yourself at 5'9", that's where you're like, fuck, like there's a right? – that's a single digit. Like, Dude, it's tough, man. That, that is – I mean, that's why I would just go 5'11", even though I, there's been some debate. A lot of people have talked about my actual height. Um <laughs> But I mean, with shoes, like I'm wearing shoes yeah, all the time. I'm playing shoes when we're playing. I'm not playing barefoot. Playing spikes. And sp- I should have listed myself at six one. Right. Yeah, I'm playing fucking spikes. All right. Christian Chamberlain, though, stud, pitches with super competitiveness and tenacity, and he's got like a nasty curveball. He's up to ninety five. I really liked him. Um, I'm looking right now to see if there's any more. Dane Acker, I actually like that pick too, the Oklahoma kid for the A's. The A's just are so fucking good at drafting, guys. Like every time I'll look at their draft and just recap their draft, and it's like, God, how'd the A's end up with like four guys that are that I would consider to be very almost elite potentially? Right. I mean, yeah, I mean the I mean, the round started with a guy named Gage Workman. ASU kid. ASU, another, another team that Gage had quite a... Gage Workman. Gage. That's a cool name. That is a That's cool, a cool name. name. That's like a name from someone from the Italian job. Right, right. Yeah. Or, or I'm thinking a Triple X with... What was his name? Cage? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's Vin Toretto. Vin, yeah. Uh, Vin Diesel. Um, look, Nick Frosso... Out of Vin Diesel and Gage Workman starring Triple yeah. X. If it doesn't work out for you, Gage, we got we got some jobs for you. Um, Nick Frosso out of LMU. You know, we talked about the WCC. Could have been a good year for Loyola. They were my pick in our dream uh, College World Series. So, you know, but shout out to him. He's probably most of the reason they took UCLA to the brink. Uh, last year so shout out to Nick Frosso and LMU yeah and the last one for the fourth round is the Ole Miss third baseman the Mariners drafted him 6'4 240 and it's not Kale Baker so uh, Tyler Keenan he his highlight tape is is pretty cool it's a lot of home runs Uh, shout out to the Mariners man they're putting together a monster system Round five, there's a guy named Zach Britton that got drafted. Cal Poly kid. Uh, I didn't – he was a reliever for two years and then was a starter. This is what I mean. Like, these these drafts, teams – that no one had that guy going in the top five rounds. No one had uh, Dollard from – Taylor Dollard going to from Cal Poly in the first five rounds. It's like these guys, you know, they – they love these players, and that's who they're going to get. Adam right. Seminaris is my favorite pick uh, in this round out of Long Beach State with our guy uh, Eval. Shout out you, Coach. Um, but he's just a high pitch. He's he's what I was. Just a high pitch. He's probably better. Um, but he's a high pitch ability lefty that just competes. Um, he was suspended for a weekend, but it probably just means he parties. Yeah. You know, so, you need that. Yeah. Here's so here's the question. I, here's I don't the think answer. But Mr. Irrelevant, if you're Mr. Irrelevant this year, Shay Whitcomb, are you really Mr. Irrelevant because it was an abbreviated draft? 
Yeah, is there an asterisk on the Mr. Irrelevant title? Like if he if he if he becomes just dope, you know, uh, can he say I have a chip on my shoulder because I was the last pick in the 2020 draft? No, well, right? Yeah, it's like it's going to be that Bleacher Report article that comes out that's like he was the last pick in the draft and, and then he into- found greatness. <laughs> like it's like. <laughs> Bro, he was still like the two hundred, like the one hundred eightieth pick. Like, right? <laughs> it was usually over a thousand. So, so yeah, I mean, there could be an asterisk on it. I would definitely, if I were Shay, I would be like, no, fuck you. Like, I'm Mister Relevant. You know, I'm gonna wear this title proudly. Make him and, make a documentary on me. Right, right. I'm gonna go Baker Mayfield and just you know hate the critics. Um, right. Chip on his shoulder at all times. The other pick that I like was Bryce Elder out of Texas. Uh, I've seen him a few times. And then we could both voice our frustrations about Trent Denholm not getting drafted. Um, It's so early. He could probably get signed. I forgot how much they said they could sign players. I thought it was like 20,000. I think it's 20. I think it's 20,000. Don't do that. I'm actually, yeah, yeah, don't, don't take 20,000. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, man. You know, um, these scouts, it's it's going to be super messy, and it's crazy that they, you know, capped it at 20000 because not all these kids – I mean, they're clearly, clearly were more college players signed, but some of these high school kids are not going to sign. Yeah, that's going to be – I think that's going to be a priority, though, for these teams is getting the high school kids that they drafted signed. Because so. yeah, because I think so. Because college, like, what are you going to come back to a full team next year? Like, uh, that's all the way up in the air. Like, unless you're Trent, where it's like, okay, well, I'm the Friday guy at Irvine. I'm Big West pitcher of the year. Oh, the other one, fuck, completely forgot to say. How about UC Davis? UC Davis had a guy, Tanner oh, Murray. Yeah. Shout out, shout out, Tanner Murray. He's actually a really good player. He so they beat Stanford last year. I went to their game. And he saved the game like three different times with his defense. He's a really good hitter too. So, shout out Tanner, come on the show. Yeah, shout out you, Tanner Murray. Um, anything else? Any final word? I mean, other than Trent, you know, we love you. We're still here. We're still hang uh, in there, Trent. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I I would just say that. For the for there only being five rounds, I would say to anybody that's younger that might be playing baseball, you know, and I think this happens to me every year, and I don't have any regrets. Um, but I would say if if you truly want to play baseball, you should go to the best place you think there is to play baseball, and I say that because. You're, I'm looking at five rounds, and there's a guy, you know, pitches are different, but Cade Mickles, Mickles, you know, and Mickelson. No, just Mickles. Uh, Cade Mickles at a Grand Canyon University. Um, a couple junior colleges on here. Do what you got to do if you want to keep playing, because if you make a splash, Northwest Florida State, they will find you. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, the draft every year is just like, obviously, the top 10 picks are Vanderbilt, whatever, Louisville, you know, the the Blue Bloods. But the draft is littered with small schools. Number one, Grand Canyon actually produces like some sick picks sometimes. I don't know how. I don't know how they're – they have a really nice facility. I think they have a lot of money. But the draft is littered with small schools. I'm looking this guy, Brandon Fat, Bellarmine University, Kentucky. Yeah. Right, it's right. Like, and it's one thing It's one thing when they're 40 rounds. This is only five. So right. they're really out there looking for you. So if, if, you, if there's a D1 that might have, you know, given you whatever, and there's a D2 that is really saying you're going to be the, the person or the guy, if we're talking about baseball, just think about it. Because if you get the keys to the organization or the keys to the program, they're going to vouch for you. and People are going to come see you. That's all I'm going to say. Right. Right. It's good stuff. Well, that's going to do it for the uh, Believe in College Baseball draft uh, recap. That was fun.
It was but hot. It was hot. We do have one last segment for the listeners that Alan and myself promised you on the last show. I promised Orlando, and uh, he's not letting it go away, so we're going to do it. Yeah, I actually made two lists, too. I wanted to surprise <laughs> you. I did make a worse summer ball location as well. But I'm not, it's not offensive. Obviously, I made sure I, I'm thorough. So I'm just going to read that to you right away. So these are the okay. places that you don't want to go. You get this letter. Hey, you're going here. It's like, holy shit. Okay. Uh, number one is the Australian Outback. So that one, if you look at Australia – the uh-huh. coast, like it's just primarily coast, the whole population. So the middle of Australia is just nothing. Like if you've ever seen the movie Mad Max, that's yes. kind of how it is. I don't think how it's do you a, know that. Well, that I'm just saying, like it's 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 barren. It's barren. Okay. I'm not saying that there's like war rigs, um, you know, every every day that you're gonna have to deal with. But you're gonna have to deal with a ton of heat. They have, uh, you know, cobras there. There's there's I don't think there's any shelter. Um, or anything so that'd be a tough place to go number one number two is one of the poles so antarctica or the north pole Mm. i think it's permanent i don't think there's any actual land there is there i don't know i i i'm i'm saying so that could be a safety hazard too for players uh if you're playing in a game you might fall in like a crevice um and die so that would be a big thing, player safety. If I got that, um, if I got that, you know, notice I was going to Antarctica for summer ball. Okay. Uh, the other one, so number three, I have three more. So, yeah, this one would count as that. Uh, Snake Island in Brazil. Have you heard of Snake Island? It's a pretty no. well-known island. So there is this it sounds island. Sounds like it's from National Treasure. No, no, no. There's an actual island. Look it up. There's an actual island in Brazil, and it's just covered in snakes. There's just snakes everywhere, and like poisonous fuckers too. Like these things will bite you in three minutes. You're you're toast. So if you get that notice, you know you're gonna go to Snake Island. It's essentially you're signing your death death sentence or death warrant, whatever whatever you have when you die. Um, okay. So that one, yeah, I mean, there's obvious Snake Island. Who who would want to play there? Uh, number five, Chernobyl. Uh, I feel like <laughs> Chernobyl. That would, I mean, that just speaks for itself. Just yeah, Chernobyl wouldn't be a great, the best yeah, spot. Yeah, and then lastly, uh, the Brocelande Forest in France. I was looking up scariest places in the world. This one stood out to me. Um, Merlin was apparently in prison there, um, and King Arthur and his knights spent forever trying to find it. But there's just all sorts of voodoo shit going on there. Uh, people are creeped out instantly. So if you if you get your that notice, I'm I'm going to France. You know, you're thinking the Eiffel Tower. You're thinking maybe the catacombs at the very baguettes. worst. Baguettes. Baguettes. You're thinking wine. You're thinking cheese. You're thinking beautiful French woman. Nope, you're just going to where Merlin is supposedly hiding. Um, okay. So that's my; those are my list of worst summer ball locations. I I don't have much to say, you other agree, than you agree with all of them. Yeah, I mean, how could I not? I'm probably going to die at like over half of them. So. Yeah. Yes, no, I agree. This is completely your segment at this point. I'm not like. You're going to give your worst and best. I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to listen. What about, so now we're at best. Do you have a list? No, I don't. This is all you. Oh my God. We're, this is the beginning of summer ball. Summer ball has started. It started last weekend. The people want to know where they'd want to go for summer ball. So look at this. There comes a time on a podcast where, you know, you can have your own segment. You want this to be your baby. This is yours. You can feed it. You I don't can burp it. Nurture it. Yes, this is all yeah. you. I want no parts of this. Spank it when it pisses me off. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Number one is going to be Milan, Italy. Okay. Have you ever been there? Uh, the only place in uh, Europe I've been is Holland. So no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's Holland's actually on the list. So um, Milan, Italy, it's like the fashion capital of the world. 
Okay. Um, so there's a ton of shops there. Uh, they got a good town square, you know, get, get your cup of Joe in the morning. Uh, beautiful, beautiful Italian women. Uh, if you're uh, a woman, I'm sure there's beautiful men. Um, so yeah, great church. They have a, a great church. It's like a Gothic style, great nightlife. So Milan, uh, number two is Ibiza. Wait, did you just say, did you just say great church? Gothic, great nightlife, all in one sentence. <laughs> well, goth- gothic style is like, it's not like you're thinking like hot topic. Like it's I mean, not I'm like, what, like, we're not like thinking Invader like, Zim. Like what the heck is going on? Yeah, man? gothic is like this, the, the style of the architecture. Okay. Yeah. So my, the next one is Ibiza, Spain. Uh-huh. Um, that one speaks for itself. Like that just seems like a big rage fest. Ibiza or Ibiza? Ibiza, Spain. Okay. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's a big rage fest. Don't take a pill. Do not take a pill. We are in Ibiza. Yeah. We are anti, anti pills um, on this, on this podcast, but yeah, that would be like, that would be tough to even like play actual baseball. um, Right there. That would just be like, I may not show up for a game. I may just go, you know, Derek Rose and just not come. Yeah. Um, next one is Amsterdam. So Holland. Yeah, hey, I've been there. I actually went out there for, Oh, it was like sports partnerships or something. It was like a, you go out there and you play sports. It was like some like random mini Olympics when I was like 15 and played baseball out there. I hit a bomb out there too in Holland. So you played summer ball and already in Amsterdam. I did. I did. Yeah. It was great. Uh, burgers, not great. She's amazing. And were you able to dabble in uh, the cannabis? No, I was 14, 15. I was a square. So no. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, could you have? If, like, I don't think, I don't think, maybe like if I was normal, but not there. On dude, a, it's crazy. When I was in Italy, they were offering me, I was in seventh grade and they were offering me like wine and stuff. So I didn't know if that's how it was with the weed. Yeah, no, didn't, didn't get offered. Red light, we went to like red light district for like two seconds and then got out of there. You got scared? Uh, no, no, they said we had to leave. Oh, you, you were escorted out. <laughs> you were actually yes, we were 14. You were causing a ruckus. Um, the next one is at an actual summer ball destination. This isn't just some weird fantasy in my mind. Um, Santa Barbara. Like, oh. Santa Barbara, I mean, they already have the Foresters. But Santa Barbara is perfect. Like, right. It's the summer where it's not that hot. It's like, you know, 80s mm-hmm. at, the, at the very hottest. And obviously, you know, it's Santa Barbara. It's IV. Uh, yeah. That, I, I love that place, man. Right. Um, the second to last one is Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Is that weird? I'm sure there's a reason but well, I don't know what it is. Yet. So it's just, I mean, it's a mega rich place. Like that's where Kanye goes and like, Oh, I see. Shit. I see. Um, like all the, so the host families there would be like your host family's house would be off the charts. Like maybe right. you'd be able to throw part. I don't know how many people are in there, but I'm assuming it's like a lot of well-connected, like, so you'd build some connections for the future. The only thing is it's pretty hot uh in the summers but there's like a lot of good outdoor stuff to do summer ball like you do outdoor things you know like Mm -hmm. oh we're gonna go to this waterfall i'm sure there's waterfalls in jackson hole wyoming uh but the main thing is just you're probably gonna be with an extremely rich host family that's gonna have a sick fucking house with like a movie theater and stuff uh my very last one it's the homeland uh cabo san lucas who who wouldn't like that would be dope that would be dope again baseball is going to be like the job right not right unless your coach better be if i'm the coach i'm lying to you saying that there's going to be 10 scouts at every game because if i don't tell you that you're probably not going to show up or care what happens yeah no that would be that and Ibiza would be the hard Ibiza would be the hardest to motivate myself to, to yes. go to actually go to the games. And right. 
Or like, you know, I stay for a couple innings and then, and then I'm out to, uh, especially as a pitcher, senior frogs. Yeah. Right. So Cabo would be awesome. Um, I hope you liked my list. I did have a one honorable mention and that was Dubai. That would be dope. But, Isn't that where, um, or no, Abu Dhabi or Dubai. Isn't that where fight Island is? I believe so. I, I, so I was looking it up because it just says the United Emirates. I don't, I don't know what that is. The only time I hear about that is when I'm flying in a plane and there's a commercial for the United Fly Emirates. Emirates. Dude, yes. they had, did you see their new, they just rolled out some new planes and they have this first class that has like, a, it's a full bedroom. It's like the, it's just a bedroom with a bathroom and everything. I mean, that's absurd. It's a full, and there's a bed. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, that's, I, I mean, I wish flying was like that everywhere. But. Same. So that's it. That's what I that's got. That's it. That's all you got. Well, hey, you know, I'm glad you got to get that off your chest. Been um, you know, you, you did pick great places, I will say. I hope I gave the listeners some history lessons too. No, I'm, I was going to say, now I know what you do in your spare time. Uh, you look up a lot of random things. Dude, it's just shit that doesn't even like matter. Actually, I, I've been educating myself like very well lately. I watched 13th. Like I, I'm doing, I, I'm, I'm educating. Yeah, sometimes look, no one, there's no judgment here. Sometimes, you know, but, like you look up uh, Gothic churches. Why not? My favorite gothic churches, yeah. No, I, there's. If you were to look up my recent like cell phone history, like it would be scariest places in the world, uh, like most uh, remote islands, and it, it was just a bunch of shit like that. That just right. Hey, you know, to each their own. I've just been playing Crash Bandicoot on the PS4, even though PS5 is coming out soon. Uh, so shout out to PS5. I probably will not purchase it. Are you going to um, purchase it? How much are they? I don't know. I they just released they come out with the price. The 2K, the 2K. Well, they probably did. I don't game like that. I've just been bored. They probably they came out with like trailers for Spider-Man and NBA 2K. And Zion literally looks like Zion. It's kind of Dude, the graphics are yeah there it's gonna be eventually where it's just like the real thing it's, it's just, just humans real, it's, it's just, just humans real people that, yeah yeah ai is like gonna be just be like make the full transformation into just a human form right right but it's like uh, age of ultron exactly so look we're gonna get a guest for next week thanks everyone for listening i uh, hope you enjoyed the MLB draft and also enjoyed this podcast. Uh, that's all I got. Orlando, do you have anything else for the people? Everybody knows at this point, Twitter, Instagram at the underscore styles files styles with an I at Orazo. No, we uh, will. Like Alan said, we'll have a guest on next week. We, we pinky promise you. And uh, you know, we just really appreciate you guys. This podcast started from fucking nothing. And we have, built an okay audience that's still yeah. growing so yeah we love you guys take care all right peace strength and honor without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.